hymn is called Make Me. It didn't say make us a channel of your peace. It said make me a channel of your peace. In proportion, we are quite a small number here this morning, but we are joining in an act of remembrance with the nation. When the two minutes is over, I will share the words that they shall not grow old. When I say we will remember them, then please, you echo that, we will remember them. Now, we're going to stand. If you're okay to stand, I'm holding on to something, so that's all right. Uh, if you're okay to stand, please stand. But please don't feel, if you, if you need to sit down, there'll be thousands and thousands throughout the country who will remain seated. So please stand with me. And let us join in this national act of remembrance for the fallen. Thank you. They shall not grow old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. Please be seated. Please be seated. Just to have a short time of prayer, and then our children will leave us. Uh, we know all the situations that's going on at the moment in our, in our world today, and all the things that's going wrong. It's worth remembering that in World War I, 18 million people plus lost their lives. In World War II, 60 million plus 3% of the world's population. In 2003, 2023, 
there are at least between 20 and 25 acts of warfare going on in our world today. So let's pray to the Heavenly Father, Almighty God, Father of all mercy and God of all comfort, we pray this day for those who continue to suffer because of warfare. We pray for the widows, the orphans, for all those who are bereaved, the wounded, crippled, deaf, those who are blinded, the shell-shocked, and those who, because of warfare, are mentally deranged. We do pray for the refugees who are being forced from their homes, the world, and their country. Grant to them all your healing and strength, your help and consolation. And Lord, we do pray for the peacemakers and for the peacekeepers. And we pray somehow, in some way, that those who have the authority those in positions of authority will use that power wisely for the good of those they have been appointed to govern. And Lord, we have heard that lovely hymn, make me a channel of your peace. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave your people peace. My peace I give you. May we be in this troubled world peacemakers and peacekeepers. May we make a difference to this corner of the planet where you have placed us. And Lord, we do thank you for each other for being well enough to be here today. We pray for those who are struggling amongst us, Lord, that somehow in some way they will know a sense of healing and peace. We pray for our children. We thank you for every single one. We thank you for new life. And Lord, as our children leave now to take up their lessons to enjoy the Sunday club. We pray for those who have been uh, set aside, who have been commissioned to teach them and to help them. Grant them wisdom and compassion and a genuine love. Oh, gracious Lord, hear our prayers in our Saviour's wonderful name. Amen. Thank you. And so our little ones and our not-so-little ones will leave us. silence our two minute silence it was so lovely to hear that just to hear these babies don't ever be concerned it's, it's just an absolute joy that uh, we can hear them today okay so if you have a bible if you'd uh, like to open at the book of joshua rolls on the back of deuteronomy before judges And in Joshua and chapter 4, and we read, And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, 
that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourself twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? And then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. Heavenly Father, as we turn to your word, we turn to you, we ask for understanding. We pray for an open heart, an open mind, and an open hear, ear to hear what you would say to us today. Oh, Father, hear us in the Saviour's name. Amen. I'm absolutely roasting. <laughs> Okay. Well, today, as we know, is a day of remembrance. But it's just one of many days in which we do remember events, people, places, times. One of the things we, we do remember from our school, from our lessons, Battle of Hastings. Battle of Hastings was? We know it, don't we? <laughs> uh, and, of course... That day in football history, in 1966, when, uh, of course, we, we won that cup final. And I think football fans everywhere, we cling to that year, don't we? We, we? we treasure it, you see. And, of course, there are some very sad things, like, remember, 9-11, the most, probably one of the most horrendous things that's happened in our generation. One of the things that people ask is, do you remember where you were when, when President Kennedy was shot? When Elvis died? When Princess Diana uh, was killed in France? All these significant dates and times and places. And I'm sure you remember where you were when Her Majesty the Queen, it was announced. Our beloved Queen had died. But with our selective amnesia, with our memories that we have, and it's not just as we get old, uh, sometimes we need something to remind us. We need an end memoir. We need something to help us. And today I just want to look briefly at three things. I want to look at objects of remembrance, of words of remembrance, and also the blessings and the benefits 
of remembrance. Why do we always have three? We always choose three, don't we, Stephen? I don't know why. And then people can tick them off, you see there. Well, the obvious place to, to start today is, is, of course, with the puppy. The puppy is, is significant and synonymous uh, with, uh, with those that have fallen. Uh, and they've been selling the poppies now for some weeks and uh, all going towards the uh, servicemen's um, charity, the Royal British Legion. And for many, many years, uh, poppies have been, as I say, have been worn, have been placed, and we've got this beautiful display, uh, whoever's done these today. Poppies, why poppies? Well, poppies were a common sight on uh, the Western Front in World War I, and synonymous with the horror of war itself and its casualties. We know that it was a tremendous loss and somehow in some way it seems to fade and all these horrendous things that we keep hearing about. Something else comes along, some other tragedy and the other things just pale. And so how amazing it is that we can cling indeed to these um, symbols and these embols, emblems. And of course, as far as the Christians are concerned, for those who have faith and believe in the Almighty God, the rainbow is synonymous of God's promise. Isn't it amazing, isn't it? Our, our, um, our rainbow, this symbol of hope for mankind, has been hijacked over the years to. Uh, signify something not quite as our Lord intended. But let's just remind ourselves in Genesis in chapter 9, and we read, And God says, this is after the flood, and God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Isn't that the same as for poppies? For perpetual generations, ever since the days of Noah, and when people have seen the rainbow, they're reminded of God's covenant. With every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, and all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth, thus I shall establish my covenant with you, never again. Shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood? Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This shall be a sign of the covenant which shall make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and all the earth. Isn't that amazing? In Genesis chapter 6, I think it's possibly the most chilling uh, of Bible passages when God looked upon man and was sorry that he had created them. God's heart was broken. And we think things are bad today. Peter reminds us about the benefits of Scripture, about the benefits of actually reading God's precious word. And he says this, and he's writing to the Christians he says this, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure mind by a way of remembrance, 
that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles, of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is the purpose of Paul's letters. It's not just a nice, nice little word. It's just not something that, well, it's handy to have about. It's really strange, excuse me, in a hospital environment, we are not... Uh, we are not called in any way whatsoever to be evangelists. That's the work of Stephen and his friends. But we are called to, to, be, uh, to minister to those who, who are asking for ministry. And so many times, it's very frustrating. You want to share you know, the gospel with them. You've got to be very careful. What, when they ask, well, what do you believe in? Then I always just turn and say, look, well, everything I believe in is based on God's holy word. And that's all I need to know. Oh, that sounds really good. Would you like a copy of the New Testament? To sound? How much is it? Free? Oh, just read it. Get people to read it themselves and find out the truth that we have found out. And then in reading today, as we think about objects, we think about those words of Joshua. We think about the message that God came to him. And he was saying, you know, to, what he actually had to do, what he actually had to do in, uh, was just to take the stones that in time to come saying, what do these stones mean to you? What's this pile of bricks doing here? There must be some purpose. What's it, you know, why someone piled up 12 stones? And it's exactly the same as the illustration that Stephen showed us. The, the stone of Ebenezer. And that's a wonderful thing. Something tangible. Something to look at. Something to be reminded. Something very precious. Something to hold on to. Over the years, from the age of 15, I've collected many, many tools. Uh, try and stick to tools that you know you're actually going to use. And uh, I look at one of the... <laughs> One of the, you know, Jackie's always saying, do you need that? Do you want one of the... No, no, I'm all right with what I've got, thank you. Uh, but uh, I remember uh, when I first started work in Lancashire as a trainee mechanic, and uh, we had to buy our own tools, and the factory that I worked in, uh, you know, we, we needed tools. And I actually found a little spanner that I'd stamped my name on from when I was about 16. And when I, so when I saw the spanner, it took me right back there a thousand years to, <laughs> to, when, I, to when I started work. And, and it was there, I could see it, I could hold it. And it was that reminder that, it, and I went right back to those early days in work. But of course, the ultimate reminder is in the bread and wine. If you're free tonight, come and join us. We need to meet together. We need to take bread and wine together. It's the unifying factor of the Christian church. It is the one thing that draws us all together from the one loaf, from the one cup, as it were. There's nothing on television. Don't waste your time. Come here, have an hour here tonight with us. But of course, we are reminded in Luke's Gospel when the hour had come, he, that is Jesus, sat down and the twelve apostles with, with them, with him. And he said to them, with fervent desire, I desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. 
For I say, I will no longer eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Take this, divide it amongst yourselves. And I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Simple piece of bread, ordinary wine. Oh, friends, over the years I've had so many arguments going on. Oh, it needs to be unleavened bread. It needs to be brown. It needs to be white. Oh, my word, you can't, you can't cut it first. And I thought, friends, it's just a piece of bread. That's all it is. I know, I know some years ago here, we used to have a loaf about this big that we all ripped to pieces off. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It's the symbolism of what that bread represents. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the cup. Oh, red wine, white wine. Oh, it's got to be red wine. Oh, it must be fruit juice, not real wine. Because you can't get, oh no. And the, the arguments go on and on. That tiny little cup, again, is representative of the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the lamb without blemish or spots. That's what it is. Do you know that there are people in, sitting in their homes this morning and they'll have a piece of rye vita and maybe uh, a little cup of water and they will follow the service on television that there's a, one of the better God channels uh, called Church Without Doors. And many, many people who can no longer attend a place of worship they take whole communion joined digitally with thousands throughout the world. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that which it represents. The bread being the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, the wine, the blood. And they do not change. The piece of bread remains bread. The cup of wine remains wine. There is no change. None whatsoever. And it's Jesus who said, do this in remembrance of me. Well, why, why should we need reminding? Because he knows of our selective amnesia. He knows how quickly we forget things. Because he knows we are human. It's like the, the lovely old hymn, Jesus knows our every weakness. And he knows that we need to be reminded of these things. The most greatest act of love this world has ever known. Do this, said Jesus, in remembrance of me and what I have done for you. Many words will be shared today in different places. And amongst them will be this wonderful uh, reference from John's Gospel. Greater love has no one than this, than he who lays down his life for his friends. Tangible visible symbols objects of remembrance so what about words of remembrance well we've already heard some at the going down of the sun and in the morning we will remember them well for three years our lord jesus had prepared his disciples he prepared them for the time when he would no longer be with them He took them on one side and he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things 
be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. And after three days, he would rise again. How absolutely clear is that? Then a little bit later, on that journey between Jericho and Jerusalem and onto the cross, again he said to them, now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem. Jesus was going before them. They were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside and began to tell them of the things that would happen to him. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priest, to the scribe, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. They will mock him, scourge him, and spit on him, kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. So clear, so concise. Leave no room for any kind of misunderstanding whatsoever. Did they take it in? Would we take it in? Many times someone uh, has an appointment uh, at the doctor's or the hospital uh, and they're awaiting the outcome of some examination, some, some tests, uh, some scans, something like that. And the doctor gives them the, uh, the, the prognosis, it gives them the, the results, and they only hear what they want to hear. Half the time they do not hear because they have already got something bad in their minds. And this is exactly how it was with the disciples. Well, let's fast forward. And uh, dear John's been sharing about the, uh, the power, the necessity, uh, the doctrine of the resurrec resurrection. And we read, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared, but they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. They went in and did not find the body of Jesus. And it happened that they were greatly perplexed about this. And then behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but risen. Remember how he spoke to you. How he spoke to you while you were still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Hey, and they remembered his words. Hallelujah. The penny finally dropped. Why do we not take the Lord at his word? Why can we not just take what the Lord tells us through his holy and precious name. You know, the promises are so real. Everyone, anyone, all who come unto me, I will never turn away. Oh, yeah, but what if it's me? What if it's me? And friends, I've had this so many times over the years because, you know, because somebody thinks they're too good, somebody thinks too bad, somebody thinks they're too religious, and so on and so on, the endless arguments. And I said, look, if you... Come to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith in prayer. He will not turn you away. Yeah, but what if it... No. You would be the first person in history. And what you would do would be to denounce this holy word. And you could bin it. But Jesus has promised every word, of, every promise of God is yes and amen in Jesus. Take God at his words. Well... Sometimes we listen 
but sometimes we just don't hear. Just let's go back to the cross just for a moment. Just go back a few couple of pages. Just we've, we've looked at the resurrection. Let's just look at those few moments before the crucifixion. Well, as part of the crucifixion, one of the criminals were hanged, blasphemed him, saying, "If, if you are the Son of Christ, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us." And the other answer rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing as you are under the same condemnation? We justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. That man only had hours to live, and he asked that the Lord would remember him. And of course, the promise was yes, today you will be, I remember you, I will remember you, and today you will be with me in paradise. One of the biggest things with people dying is that we don't want to die, do we really? We want to sort of live on a bit longer, just a bit longer, just a bit longer. It is appointed unto man to die once and then the judgment. King David said, look, my times are in his hands. Do you have that blessed assurance that if you die today, you'll be in glory today? Friends, in this uncertain world, it is the most precious, precious promise that blessed assurance that we don't ever, ever have. The thief asked Jesus to remember me, and he did. So the blessings, finally, the blessings and the benefits of remembrance, the poppy, a symbol of the sacrifice that was made by millions to secure our freedom today. How different it could have been. How different things could have been. There is an amazing account of uh, how the Lord intervened so many times during the war when the king particular, the king called the nation to prayer. Can you imagine that today, friends? The king of England called and set that example himself by calling the nation, not just London, the nation. And that prayer was answered in the most incredible way. The bread and the wine, the price that was paid to secure our future, to pay the price for sin once and for all. There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gates of heaven to let us in. Remember King David's wonderful words. Psalm 23, it's only six verses, but it's a very personal, very personal uh, psalm. There are 16 personal references. I, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But that wonderful last line says this. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In our finite minds, we can't grasp that. We could say, well, in a thousand years' time, 
or in a million years time well friends just keep on going just keep on going eternity is forever and everyone who believes by faith can say the same it's not just good news the gospel of our lord jesus christ like rico tai said it's not just good news it's the best news ever <laughs> hallelujah and for the christian it's good for the christian i come to a close with this it's good to remember we think about what could have happened uh, if if the wars had gone in a different direction but what do you think about your own? If you know the Lord and love the Lord Jesus, if you know you're truly saved, if you know your name's in the Lamb's book of life, if you know that you're, you're saved, if you know you're born again of the Spirit of God, just think about if you weren't. The Apostle Paul writes to his beloved friends in Corinth, and he says this, my brothers, but he means sisters as well, my brothers, remember what you were before God chose you. Not many of you were wise by the way people looked to it. Not many of you had power. Not many of you came from a family with a big name. Think about what you were before. And then think about that day when your journey took a diversion. As many preachers have said, when you come to that crossroads and you have that decision to make, follow the way of the cross or take that broad road that leads to destruction. In conclusion, I just want to leave you with the following. Some things to think about. Do you take the freedom that we enjoy for granted? Do you have a conversion experience to look back on? Do you have that blessed assurance of a secure future to look forward to? Remember the cross, friends. Remember the bread and wine. Remember the price was paid. And just thank God. Gracious Lord, we thank you for these objects, these words, and the blessing of remembrance. And we pray, Lord, that even today, if there are those amongst us who are still little, a little uncertain as to what this gospel, all, what it all means, Give them that blessed assurance this day. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.